Hey guys, welcome to the 33rd episode of the Indian Market Story. Today we have a really, really interesting guest with us, Mr. Kushal Lodha. Uh, Kushal is a, you may know him as a Finfluencer and influencer, but he's also a CA rank holder. He's also an author. And just because all of these things weren't quite enough, he's also a startup founder. Uh, Kagger is, is a startup, it's an online e-learning platform. So um, Kushal, can you please tell us how you managed to do all these different things and what your journey to this, uh, to becoming a influencer has been like? Sure. Firstly, thank you so much Varun for uh, inviting me. It's an absolute honor for me to be a part of your podcast. And uh, I am very sure that uh, you're going to like just uh, through this podcast itself add a lot of value to your audience. So that is something which is like a commendable effort. So kudos to you for that. Answering your question, I think uh, managing all these things uh, have been a little difficult, like very difficult, but at the same time, it was very rewarding. So I believe in the concept of time prioritization and not time management. So I always set my priorities one, two, three, four, five, whatever is the priority and try to achieve them one by one. And that's how like I started with my academic journey of CA, CFA, CCA, then started with my job journey at Aditya Birla Group, where I was working in different departments like corporate finance, corporate economic cell. Aditya Birla Ventures, which is a VC fund, and finally started my content journey as well. So all in all, I think uh, setting your priorities and just ensuring that, okay, you want to do this thing, whatever will be required to do that thing is something which I'm a firm believer of. So firstly, deciding what you want to do and then assembling things which will help you in order to do that thing is something I focused on. So that is the way I just did all my uh, qualifications. Then I started working at a corporate and quit my job to realize that uh, I want to follow my passion now. And uh, that requires a lot of courage and a lot of guts as well because you're in a very good high paying job, stable job. Every yeah. month you're getting a message that salary has been credited to your bank account. And now you're not getting a message all of a sudden after let's say you quit your job, right? So that is something which requires some sort of courage. But I think I had built a good safety net from the income from content creation that helped me in order to take that plunge as well. So all in all, the journey has been very rewarding for me as of now. Although I feel that entrepreneurship is very lonely in the sense that you need a lot of support from your team, from your co-founders, etc. But at the end of the day, it's very, very rewarding and satisfying if you're able to add value to your customers. Almost all of what you said, I completely agree is 100% true. I want to come back to the entrepreneurship thing yeah. and, and why it's so lonely in a second. I, I, really, I feel with that, but I want to talk about prioritization for a second because it's something I'm a very firm believer of. And I want to try and like expand on that because... You know, I look around, I, I speak to people, I feel like people don't prioritize things properly. And I want to try and, I guess, expand on that for a second. Because what I see happening very often is people prioritize urgent items over important items. And that's a trap that people fall into a lot. So could you expand on, you know, how you define what your priorities are? Because that's a big challenge for a lot of people. Sure, that's a very good question. So I'll tell you like the way of defining your priorities are pretty simple. Whatever you want to do in the next two days or let's say two months or even two years, whatever is your time horizon, first define that. Before deciding what is your priority, decide, okay, until what time you have to set a particular goal. Once you decide that, then it becomes easier for you to decide what is the priority in this time horizon. For example, let's say today, if I talk about one year time horizon, from one year from now, I know that I just have to build and scale my startup Kager to a level where I will do it at an autopilot mode and I'll be like free of just operations hassle which are going in the company. That is my next priority in the next one year. Going for an MBA or let's say attending any family function or just going out for parties and all that is not my priority as of now because I just want to focus on my startup in the next one year itself. I'm not saying that these things won't happen but these are the second, third, fourth priority is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. So first set the time horizon which is there. 
वंस द टाइम होराइजन इज सेट ऑटोमेटिकली यू विल गेट टू नो कि ओके छः महीने में क्या करना है और मे बी ट्वेल्व बारह महीने में क्या करना है दो महीने में क्या करना है एंड देन इन दोज टू मंथ जस्ट डिसाइड दैट वॉट इज द अल्टीमेट प्रायोरिटी फॉर एग्जाम्पल वेन आई वॉज गिविंग माई सी ए फाइनल एग्जाम इन द फोर एंड हाफ मंथ लीव पीरियड द ओनली प्रायोरिटी वॉज टू क्लियर द सी ए फाइनल एग्जाम एंड देर वॉज नो अदर प्रायोरिटी इन माई लाइफ सो दैट्स वाई माई एंटायर एफर्ट एंड एंटायर डेडिकेशन वॉज जस्ट टू अचीव दैट आई at least clear the ca final exams if not get a rank if i get a rank that's like well and good which i ultimately ended up getting fortunately with god's grace as well so all i'm trying to say is that prioritization is very very important as compared to time management and once you set a time horizon set the priorities at that point in time what are the best three priorities and don't go on achieving them all at at one time like for example again i worked at aditya billa group i had my cfa level 3 exam i had to create content on my social media all these three were my to do to do list at one point in time but i focused okay 10 days before the exam cfa is the priority i cut out the other two i did not create content for 10 days i took a leave from my office i did not go to the office once this is done i went to my office once again this was already struck off i ensure that i am not creating content on weekdays because i have to focus on my work once this is done on weekend i don't have to go to my office i have to go focus on my cfa exams oh, sorry i have to focus on my content journey i am creating content on youtube instagram linkedin on weekends and then uploading it over the week Mm-hmm. So this is how the example here, which I am trying to give, is that don't go by on solving them all three at a time. Just go on building one or focusing on one, and once that is done, then go on building the second. So once like you struck off all these items, then automatically you can reward yourself and incentivize yourself. This is my mantra of being productive as well. I think that's a really really good way to approach it. I really hope that people take that to heart. Um, but I guess coming back to your journey a little bit. Why did you choose CA and CFA sure. and, and finance and business? Yeah. What what drove you in that direction? Sure. So I am a uh, like I come from a family background of entrepreneurs, and I am a Jain Marwadi uh, by my religion, right? So we have this uh, business mindset in our uh, blood itself. And uh, my dad always told me that you know, like you always have to focus on ROI. Like wherever I go, whatever I am doing, ROI is a concept which is stuck in my mind. Return on investment. बीट द टाइम दैट यू आर इन्वेस्टिंग बीट द मनी दैट यू आर इन्वेस्टिंग रिटर्न कितना आ रहा है वो तुम लोग देखो इन्वेस्ट करो नो डाउट मतलब इन्वेस्ट ज्यादा भी अमाउंट करो बट रिटर्न कितना आ रहा है दैट इज समथिंग विच यू शुड रियली केयर फॉर एंड दिस लर्निंग विच हैज बिन लाइक टॉक टू मी बाय माई डैड राइट फ्रॉम माई चाइल्ड हुड हैज बिन इनकलकेटेड इन माई माइंड फॉर सी ए कोर्स यू स्पेंड थ्री थ्री एंड हाफ लैक इन टोटल इन फाइव ईयर्स यू गेट योर फर्स्ट जॉब एट लेट्स ए लाइक माई फर्स्ट जॉब वॉज एटीन पॉइंट टू फाइव लैक्स पर एन एम विच इज अक्स एक्स आर ओ आई in the let's say in in monetary terms of course there's a lot of time which is also involved the opportunity cost of time is there but just monetary terms if you see the roi is very high and there, therefore i was like ki ca kar lete isme roi bhi zyada hai plus i am a very big finance enthusiast i love playing with numbers and i love dealing with let's say handling money or maybe managing money and all so that's why i thought ca would be a very good course these were like the technical reasons the one of the emotional reasons for doing ca was because my dad was also pursuing ca back in 1990s unfortunately he couldn't clear his ca finals exam mm-hmm. and he always had that dream that someone in the family should become a ca so that his dream of becoming a ca gets fulfilled and that was one of the main motivating factors for me also if i become a chartered accountant it is my dad who will become a ca and his dream of becoming a ca will get fulfilled wow. because every parent in the world would want their child to go beyond what they have achieved in their lives yeah. and that is something which really motivated me in order to just become a ca cfa whatever it be So that was one of the motivating factors for me to do this. Wow, man! What a journey! Not only did you clear your CA, yeah. you also became a rank holder. Your dad yeah. must be incredibly proud of you, man. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I'll tell you. On 16th Jan 2020 was the date when my CA final results were announced, and I remember that was the first day I saw my dad into tears. I had never seen wow. him into tears before. 
like for the 20 years of my life and uh, i was just astonished not only because of the rank but because of the fact that i'm seeing him in tears for the first time in my wow, life man. so i think that moment cannot be expressed all the sacrifices that were there were worth it on that results day and i could just see like the environment which was going around at that point in time so it can only be felt that moment cannot be expressed in words wow man that's that's a really really beautiful story so for i guess hundreds of thousands of other kids like you were that are all looking to do their ca that are all looking to study and and become cas and maybe be rank holders um could you maybe talk about your journey of studying because sure. that c is a very challenging exam very few people pass people take multiple attempts and you're a rank holder man <laughs> what's the, what's the secret what's the secret sauce sure i think uh, god has been kind enough to uh, like support me in my academic journey and uh, there's also some sort of luck which i feel uh, it's there in my ranks in all the c exams three mantras or maybe three things which really helped me in order to get a rank in all these exams um like for example even in acca which is the other exam i had got world rank 3 and india rank 2 and in ca exams it was all india rank 6 then 5 and 5 again so i think one of the main reasons was firstly patience that's very important if you're giving any exam you need to have the patience of studying for let's say few number of hours in a day and with very focused mindset like consistency and patience is something which you need to ensure that you are going to have when you are giving these exams people become very frustrated after a point in time so used to be i like i used to be frustrated after a point in time but that dedication focus and i think having that hunger to achieve this particular qualification which will help me for the rest of my life that mindset is something which helped me i knew that okay this is just a four and a half months journey after this four and a half months journey for the rest 40 years or 60 years of my life i know that i can carry this qualification i can carry this degree with pride mm-hmm. wherever i go wherever i am introduced today wherever i am introduced in any event they tell that okay i am a rank holder i am a chartered accountant and they like it it brings a dignity it like it brings feet. it carries a lot of weight and i'm sure your dad is also a chartered accountant so you would agree with me yeah, because you know man. the weight which people give to to these kind of qualifications yeah. Yeah. so that is one The second mantra is eliminating distractions. I'm a big fan of not reducing distractions but completely eliminating it. Let me give you a simple example. I was addicted to social media on my mobile phone. I was addicted to let's say opening WhatsApp and just wasting let's say 15 20 minutes of my time talking to any random person about anything. I was addicted to let's say using Instagram and just surfing on any of the topics which is going around yeah. and just watching what people are doing. Again, this is not wrong but that was not my priority at that point in time. Therefore, I thought that instead of instead of reducing the distraction people would feel ki chalo main din mein 15 minute mobile phone kholunga raat mein that is reducing your distraction but usme bhi kya hota hai ki 15 minutes become 30 minutes 45 minutes one hour you don't end up knowing that i thought let's eliminate this i switched off my mobile phone for four and a half months i kept it in my dad's wardrobe and i did not even touch my mobile phone for the next four and a half months during the ca finals leave so that really helped me in order to stay focused and there was no single distraction at that point in time so my mantra is that don't reduce your distractions just eliminate it out of the way if you're addicted if you're addicted to let's say watching television or let's say some series on tv if you think that is going to distract you in your academic journey for those four months or maybe for those whatever the period is four months is for ca but for cfa it will be lesser period because the curriculum is not that vast just eliminate all the sorts of distractions if let's say you are listening to some music which you think will hinder your academic focus again and again just stop listening to music listen to instrumental music mm-hmm. because there are no lyrics in instrumental music mm-hmm. that'll just stay peaceful in your mind mm-hmm. so all i'm trying to say is that eliminating distractions is something which i focused on and that helped me in order to stay focused that was the second and the last one is discipline like staying disciplined and ensuring a clutter free environment today 
if we are sitting in this office it's extremely clean and this brings a very positive vibe like even in the conversation it's a very positive vibe because i think the environment is clutter free mm-hmm. when people are studying or when people are working that environment matters a lot if mm-hmm. you're just going to study in let's say a very dirty cluttered environment that's going to throw negative vibes and that is something which you should ensure whenever you're working or studying your environment and the aura which is there around you should be extremely positive mm-hmm. so i think that is something which helped me in order to stay motivated focused and be efficient in the academic journey which is also helping me in my startup journey today mm-hmm. because all those things that i've learned in that academic journey patience discipline eliminating distractions i apply in my day to day life today as well yeah. and that is something which really helps me in order to just stay focused efficient while working as well these are fantastic habits man these are absolutely fantastic habits and i was just thinking about this distractions thing for a second and what what occurs to me is i don't know if you know this i'm sure you do but all of social media is engineered to give you micro doses of dopamine yeah. and these micro doses of dopamine they they're like an addiction they get you addicted to that social media thing to the point where you can't focus on anything else you don't have that it takes away your discipline because your brain chemistry sort of being played around with and yeah. the fact that you were able to eliminate these distractions and social media is a really big one i think that really builds the right brain chemistry for focus and discipline i agree so it really feeds into each other it's a really 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 useful skill set no i agree and uh, you know it'll, it'll sound contrasting when i say that social media is a distraction because i am a content creator on social media and i am saying to all my followers also whenever they listen to my reels or videos i tell them bluntly if you are having your exams and if i am uploading a travel vlog or if i am uploading something which is not going to help you in your exams don't watch that video please your priority is just to clear the exams and watch those videos which will motivate you inspire you to study or which will help you in clearing your doubts for the exams but if let's say you clear your exam and if you just want some relaxation if you want some like uh, maybe entertainment and all then you can watch the travel vlogs which i upload mm-hmm. sometimes i just upload maybe once in a month not more mm-hmm. but all i'm trying to say is that people should have this priority that okay abhi important kya hai wo wo figure out karna yeah. bahut important hai yeah. and that's why like social media when you talk, talked about dopamine right that really hits me hard because i had just made a video on this topic where i had mentioned that when you just consume even junk food right that's a small sense of dopamine which hits your body and this will create a slump after a point in time again taking my example so i'll tell you in those four months of ca finals leave i stopped consuming junk food because i knew that agar main coca cola ya to thumbs up pira i was addicted to these kind of things by the way drinking coke or consuming pizza every week and all of that but then i just read one article at harvard business review this is a 2014 old article mm-hmm. which mentions that what you eat affects your productivity if you are consuming junk food if you are consuming let's say something like a pizza something sugary drinks and all that will like just help you for the short term for the first let's say 10 minutes 30 minutes it will give you like good energy and satisfaction but ultimately it will create slump after 3 mm-hmm. hours after 4 hours yeah. and even if you notice you consume junk food much faster as compared to an to a healthy food if i give you a pizza today or let's say if you like that dish very much people try to eat that faster and they feel ki yaar isse 10 15 minute bach jayenge mere and i can focus more on other work other productivity mm-hmm. because i can consume this faster mm-hmm. as compared to consuming let's say a salad or let's say some something like pulses or wheat dal roti exactly but the point is that this is going to create that effect which will create slump after a point of time it will create laziness after 4 hours 5 hours this is a research yeah. done by harvard so i stopped consuming that kind of food in my leave period so that is also something which relates to the dopamine example yeah no that's that's a very very interesting example of that so i guess moving on from your academic journey uh when did you start becoming a content creator sure 
I started uh, my content on 20th May 2020. I remember the date because that was the first day I uploaded my YouTube video. I started working at Aditya Billa Group on 8th June 2020. So almost this happened in parallel. I started content on YouTube because a lot of people used to ask me the same set of questions. How did you study? How did you get a rank? What's your secret to getting a rank the way you asked me right now? Where did you join classes for CA finals? Which subject to refer from which faculties? which reference books to order etc so like a lot of questions were there so i started creating content for these people so a lot of people used to message me on linkedin individually and mm -hmm. i used to get hundreds of messages every day because of the ranks which i had got so i told them that i can't reply to each one of you i'm so sorry but i'll create a youtube video i'll share that link and i'll give it to you which will answer all your doubts mm -hmm. that's how youtube started the way that scaled was in the end of the video i usually ask what is the topic you would want me to make the next video on the comment that will get the maximum number of likes i will create a video on that topic that that is what customer validation mm -hmm. customer satisfaction so basically i am doing what the customer wants so content creation in my opinion is as good as running a startup because yeah. you are firstly validating what the customer wants then you are marketing it i created a group of 26 people in 26 different states of india i met them at one event uh, in bangalore and i requested them to share my videos in their network as well mm -hmm. so this is how i acquired the first few set of customers then basically content creation and startup can be related in the manner that how do you without spending anything reach a wider audience so i did not spend anything on marketing because this was very organic mm -hmm. startup needs to be scalable so i thought that instead of sharing my notes in a physical format only in bombay let me scan them upload it on google drive and share it with the entire country mm -hmm. so it's scalable model basically yeah. people can just share it with each other and download and then print if they want yeah so scalability is something so again so all i'm trying to say is how is content creation related to running a full time startup so that's how content started on youtube yeah i mean and content creation is a is a job it's a yeah. full business man like it's yeah. it it requires dedication focus a team uh, a product market fit yeah. uh, you know a high quality product it's it's not it's not an easy job you know it's it's not a job it's a business right. and i think that's something that not a lot of people appreciate because i think generally even now when i speak to my friends They always ah influencer easy life make a video make no, mind over that's, that's too difficult. I know a lot of my influencer friends, so I know the grind and hustle which they are doing on a regular yeah. basis. The processes, if you see, I mean it's it's too difficult and uh, it's too like rewarding also at the same time. But the grind and hustle which is gone behind that, I think that is something which needs to be applauded for for yeah. any content creator who's doing well in their social media space. Yeah. So that is something which I believe. So yeah, coming back, so YouTube started that way. Then LinkedIn and Instagram started similarly. I just started uploading content from YouTube on Instagram, bite-sized content. And mm. LinkedIn I started because I thought a lot of my life lessons would be relatable to the audience. So that's yeah. how LinkedIn started. So yeah, the content journey has been good so far, and nice. uh, that's how the social media thing started. Nice. So you've been doing content for just over two years, two and a half years. So YouTube will be three years now because twentieth okay. May two thousand twenty, so three and a half. Um, Instagram will be two years, and LinkedIn will be two point five years. So nice. Yeah. So over this time frame, let's call it roughly three years. Yeah. How have you seen the content creator ecosystem in India evolve? And sure. I guess I'll set some context for our viewers because this is something that we were talking about earlier, and I really want to dig into this thing. Um, so my thesis is that India India has the the largest number of digitally native users. Most digital platforms are now India centric by default because that's where the vast majority of user bases. Most users of LinkedIn are in India. Most users of YouTube are in India. Most users of Instagram are in India. most users of google are in india it's just the the sheer size of india 
Um, and the fact that we're all digitally native now um, means that we are the internet. And as a consequence of that, when you consider the creator economy, India stands to benefit disproportionately, or so, so is my theory, that India will benefit more than any other country purely on account of scale, right? Because there's going to be more content creators here than anywhere else. Um, we're going to be content creators for the world. And again, what most people don't appreciate is content creation is not a one-man job. <laughs> it's, a, it's a team effort. Yeah. And so on account of that, I think even the, uh, the ecosystem around content creation, this, the, um, all the people that work in the industry are also probably going to be more India-centric. Just mm -hmm. like IT services was the, the big boom of the 2000s, content creation outsourcing or freelancing for content creation is, I think, going to be a big boom in the next 10 years. But you would obviously have a much, much better perspective because you've been in this journey for three years. So how has this ecosystem evolved? Sure. So I'll give you a very crisp insight here. So there was a report by Kalari Capital on the creator economy. And uh, it mentioned that in 2014, there were 12 YouTube channels with more than 1 million subscribers in India. This same number in 2020 is 1200. So it's almost like a 100x, gem, 100x jump in a span of like six years itself on YouTube itself. So if you see like today also this number now 1200 would have gone to 2500. I read somewhere that in India today, there are now 2,500 YouTube channels with more than 1 million subscribers. So if you see this growth of let's say 100x and even more in a span of six years itself, this is itself a good example that the creator economy is booming a lot, especially as far as the Indian economy is mm -hmm. concerned. Similar stats are there for Instagram and LinkedIn creators. LinkedIn doesn't produce a report, uh, but Instagram also like, uh, I don't have the number for 2014, but in 2020, People with more than 1 million followers on Instagram, this number is 10,000 on Instagram wow. in 2020. So this is a big number. And of course, like there are some accounts which have uh, like some fake bots also. But all I'm trying to say is that this is a big number as far as the creator ecos ecosystem is concerned. Over the last three years, what I feel is that because of COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of creators were born and their talent was showcased to the Indian economy. Like I know a lot of my friends who started creating content in finance and they are booming now in the last three years because in COVID, like people had nothing to do except just watching content on Instagram or YouTube. Mm -hmm. And because of this social media presence, right? A lot of people have started becoming creators because I think the barrier to entry is very low in the creator economy. Yeah. For LinkedIn, you just need to write a post, post a photograph and you become a LinkedIn creator. If you add value, you'll get traction. For Instagram, they made it simpler. You can just record a video from your iPhone. You can just upload it on Instagram. And if, if it goes viral, then you can just start creating it. They became like, it became very easy for people to just create content. Mm -hmm. Like even few of my friends, like one of my friends, he started creating content on finance up to 1 million followers. When he reached, he used to record his content only through a mobile phone without even a microphone, without a camera, like no investment. It's wow. just that he's recording through his iPhone and Instagram has that editable features also using editing from that feature itself and just scaling. One of my other friends, CS Arthur Kauja, he's like one of the best creators I've seen on Instagram now. He's at 1.6 million followers. He has rupees zero investment on content creation. He records it. His wife records the videos for him. They add subtitles. Instagram has that feature auto subtitles. Yeah. So if you add that auto subtitles, like whatever you're speaking, the subtitles will come automatically and they create the real cover by uploading the photo on Insta story, type something, whatever is the caption, save that story in their mobile phone. And this photo is now 
a reel cover for the reel which they are uploading so the investment is zero in monetary terms and every reel has like more than 5 lakh views 6 lakh views on an average oh, because man. people are following for the insights that the person is throwing so the point of mentioning or bringing all these things is that the creator economy is going to boom in india in the future you've seen it from the past statistics which i just mentioned even in the future brands will leverage distribution of these creators in order to reach to a massive wider audience yeah. in 2021 because vcs had poured in lots of money in startups these startups had like poured a lot of money in the influencer marketing industry mm-hmm. in order to just acquire the customers mm-hmm. but of course this has dried down because of the funding winter which is there mm-hmm. but all in all i feel that the creator economy is going to be there the life cycle of a creator can die like for example one creator can be there for 2 years or 3 years but the creator economy is not going to be there for 2 years 3 years it's going yeah. to be there for the next 20 years 40 years in fact i feel that every founder is now going to become a content creator and yeah. every individual is going to be a creator because distribution is the game ultimately today people are relating to the product not only because of the product but also because of the founder yeah. let's say mr aman gupta he is a shark in shark tank india people are purchasing products of boat because they like the questions which aman gupta is asking on shark tank in your they like his personality fun loving nature and you know like a very uh, like a very overall all rounder kind of a personality so people will relate to products of founders because they like the founder also and every founder is now become going to become a content creator yeah. and they are going to focus on building their personal brands so yeah. i feel everyone is going to be a creator in the next decade is what i feel because ultimately building your brand is as good as building a company's brand yeah. people will remember the brand and people will also remember you so yeah. both of them are equally important today yeah. let's say even i am doing content why because i know if i build my own brand it will be easier for me to build my company's brand mm-hmm. today let's say even if you are creating content podcast right so people will get to know more about what you are doing what the company is doing etc so that's an added advantage and this is a good way of adding value to the audience as well so people yeah. first want value through the content and then you can acquire that customer because that customer will feel ki isne bahut value diya hai iska product to khareed ke dekhte ek yeah. bar so and i think that is something which will play you out know, one thing i've realized you know i've been in india for a year one thing that seems really obvious to me is that we live in a very low trust society and i'm sure you would have heard this before yeah. because i think vcs talk about it very often it's very low trust society people don't trust anything that's why they don't buy subscriptions they don't pay for things up front they always want trials and content creation particularly founder led content creation is critical to building trust with yeah. customers um so at paisa smart we do financial advice right in right. in many shapes and forms we we offer people financial advice but before you know they come to us for financial advice i want them to know what we're doing exactly. what we're talking about exactly. what we're thinking because trust is so important exactly i'll give you one more example here i feel that distribution first businesses i'm a big fan of these businesses for example in edtech physicswala is the only edtech unicorn which is profitable today there are six edtech unicorns in india in the education industry out of 108 unicorns and only physicswala is the one which is profitable what is the model of physicswala building a youtube channel taking it to 7 million subscribers in a span of 5 to 6 years and then just ensuring that the customer acquisition cost is lowest because the distribution is already built yeah. they don't have to spend on performance marketing because 7 million subscribers is a big big number Huge. and they are acquiring the customers from the youtube channel itself so that's why it is profitable and they become a, and that is a model which i really like a lot let's talk about mr beast now mr beast is the third i think is the second or third largest youtube creator so like in in the world it it has it has more than 200 million subscribers that channel and he is the first largest individual channel like in mm-hmm. the sense the first largest youtube channel is t series 
which has more than 350 million subscribers i think but that's a company channel yeah. because a lot of songs are yeah. uploaded on that channel but mr beast has like an individual persona so if you see his burger brand he sold 10 million dollars in revenue in a span of 3 months itself and it was because people loved his content and without any marketing he was able to generate that kind of revenue same for his other brand which is festivals, uh, yeah, yeah festivals which is the chocolates chocolates brand yeah. that's also doing phenomenally well so i've seen a trend where these creators have now started building their own brands and selling through their own distribution yeah. because now 200 million 20 crore people are subscribing to his channel it's a massive massive yeah. scale and i love the feastables product yeah. market fit man yeah. because most of mr v's customers and viewers are children and yeah, the primary exactly. purchases of chocolate are children is such great exactly. synergy there so you know like instead of the product market fit i'll call it as an audience market fit in the sense that your customer what they want and your audience in your social media if you are able to just synergize this then that's the best business to be in yeah so once you get so mr beast audience you know like all of them almost they are children right so they want burgers yeah. they want chocolates yeah. so he's building those brands which will be loved by those children yeah. and children will buy them because if they see mr beast photo there they like me meko to ye khareedna hai because i see this guy everywhere on youtube i want to buy his product yes so that's like a phenomenal business model to yeah. be in yeah No, but I, I think uh, you've you've touched on a really interesting trend because I think if we go back three or four years, a lot of content creators were just content creators yeah. first and only. That's what they did. But in the last three or four years, really, I think uh, we've seen content creators grow outside of the platforms on which they on which they were born. And I mean, obviously, Mr. Beast and Feastables is one. Logan Paul and KSI and Prime yeah. is another. Um, Physics Wall is a really mm-hmm. lovely example. but there's this trend that you know content creators start out as content creators they learn how to run a business yeah. they build their distribution they build their audience and then they launch a yeah. um, a startup and i yeah. guess that's what kagger <laughs> is right so yeah. could you tell yeah. us about kagger sure sure so uh, we're into finance upskilling so we provide courses for people who want to get a job in finance my content revolves around the fact that anyone who wants to know more about finance jobs they'll come to my youtube channel and watch about let's say how do you get a job in let's say private equity venture capital investment banking fpna roles financial planning and analysis strategy roles mna roles and all of those roles so i invite people who are working in these industries they share some insights and all of that so kegar is like an idea which is trying to solve a problem where people who want to get a job in finance unemployment rate is very high in india yeah. i'll i'll give you some statistics here as well so 15 lakh bcom graduates are there in india every year out of these 1.5 million which is 15 lakh 40% of them get a job 60% of them are not getting a job now chartered accountants if you talk about them every year there are 30000 chartered accountants in india who become cas mm-hmm. out of these 30000 only 20000 are getting a job in campus placements mm-hmm. out of 10000 it's fair to assume that half of them are going to let's say business or starting something of their own but there is still like 5000 of them who are still not able to get a job mm-hmm. so all i'm trying to solve is there are good amount of finance people who want a job in the industry side which is the supply side there are companies which are facing talent shortage problems so yeah. according to one insight 83% talent shortage is there in the bfsi sector which is the banking financial services insurance sector 83% means that these hrs are saying that we are not able to find quality candidates 83% of the times like whenever we hire 83% of the chances are that we have to upskill these employees because they are not quality hires so that's a big problem which these this industry is also facing all i'm trying to solve is that I am trying to upskill these people who are let's say not getting a job and who want a job in finance. I am training them, grooming them with skill sets that are not taught in their CA, CFA, CCA, BCom curriculum, 
and then helping them get a job whatever they want yeah. so that's kegar basically yeah. so we launched let's say one and a half months program three months program six months program we train all these people on topics which are not taught in their academia like how do you use ai in finance chat gpt for finance financial modeling how do you build a financial model how do you value a company which is taught very theoretically in academia but actually how do you value a company how do you let's say invest in companies invest in stock markets which is not taught in any of these academia and these are some topics which people really want to learn mm-hmm. and once we teach them then we partner with companies and try to place them in these roles nice. so that's what kegar is all about we have started with the ca niche because ca is my forte because i come from that background we have launched programs for ca inter students ca final students now gradually we'll be launching programs for cfas accs bcom graduates uh, bcom aspirants and all of that so i want to cater the entire finance market yeah. in, in that's a, that's a really really important niche i think the problem you're trying to solve here is really pertinent and really important because i think we hire here in the company as well and hiring is a big challenge yeah. big big challenge i will say one thing though i'd love for you to expand your product offering in a particular direction from a purely selfish perspective yeah. one thing i one thing i find <laughs> now when i look at candidates is that technical skills can always be acquired right you can you can teach them technical skills offline you can teach them technical skills after work hours you know oftentimes companies are willing to invest a couple of months in teaching technical skills it's not that big of an investment what i find really difficult to to really get right is temperament hmm. and that's a really difficult problem to solve because the thing is now you can have a really smart person but if they have the wrong temperament they're the wrong hire hmm. and a really for lack of a better word really really dumb person the right temperament is still a good hire hmm. and i'll i'll just i'll give you an example maybe of, of your journey what i think when we spoke at the start what made you successful was your temperament right like your discipline your cutting out the social media the the organization skills yeah. so if there's something you can do to improve <laughs> people's temperament please do that yeah, yeah. sure <laughs> that's a very good point actually i think uh, temperament even warren buffett mentions that temperament is a skill which is very important in investing as well like uh, investing is more about psychology than more about analysis and yeah. all of course like a successful trader will become successful when he has like good temperament in the sense that he he's able to manage those uh, he's able to manage, manage his emotions. emotions exactly yeah. when there is a loss in trading like managing those emotions not panicking and just ensuring that okay things will go better after a point in time and all that is very important for a successful trader but what i feel is like my thesis here is that's a skill which will come over time which is inbuilt also i mean that is a skill which cannot be taught overnight or let's say over a period of 10 15 days because that's a very person oriented trait mm-hmm. like some people can some people can be short tempered some people can be let's say very cool very calm even in stressful situations mm-hmm. so those behavioral aspects i think that will come over a period of 6 months or 12 months with experience is what i feel but mm-hmm. i get your point i think while hiring even when i hire for my startup right i don't want someone from let's say a very smart tier 1 b school or tier 1 background and all i just want that the person should be very smart enough to just understand that okay if i am giving this job end to end ownership is taken and that is being done i want someone who's very driven who's a hustler like just want like love to work and who can take ownership after a point in time i don't want to hire employees in my company i want to hire future entrepreneurs in my company yeah. who will let's say take ownership and just execute end to end so yeah. that is something which i very, i i completely agree with that very challenging i think yeah. i i uh, I don't 
I don't think more than 10% of candidates to a second round interview, a hiring rate is even less, is 1% yeah. or so. Very, very, uh, very rare to find people when like I, that. I wrote this book called Unlocking Unicorn Secrets. I interviewed 20 unicorn founders of India. We asked this one common question to all of them. How do you hire people or what do you look for in your candidates when you hire them? So two, three insights which I got from like all the 20 answers. One was that it's very, very important to hire A's in your company. So the founder of Off Business and Oxizo, she mentioned that uh, uh, this is a $6 billion entity, by the way, and very big company. It's into B2B lending and, uh, uh, and it's like uh, into lending and giving loans and all. So they mentioned that uh, it's a very important skill to hire. If you hire A's, these A's will ultimately, ultimately hire A's. If you hire B's, they will hire B's. If you hire C's, they will hire C's. So it's very important when you build your founding team to hire A's in your founding team. So first one to 10 hires, you as a founder have to be involved. After 10th hire, these A's which you have hired, they will hire the next 90, which is 10 to 100. And yeah. then the next 90 to 100 will hire the next 100 to 1000. Yeah. So the point is to hire the first A's, first founding team is very critical. Mm -hmm. That is one. The second insight is that these people always look for ownership in their candidates. So for example, giving a task and just ensuring that, okay, you are taking ownership on this is something which will help them to get hired. So giving them assignments and projects and ensuring that, okay, these people are doing it on time or not. That is something which I learned ownership and end-to-end -end execution. And the third thing which I learned from them is that some of the founders mentioned that they work on a part-time basis for the first 15 days. And then if like that is vibing and matching a lot in the first 15 days, then they roll out a full-time offer. So I see a lot of companies having this model that, okay, we will take you for internship for one or two months. If we like your work, we'll give you a full-time offer immediately. Because I also feel that in 30 minutes interview or in a one-hour interview, it's not possible to just ideally figure out that this is how hustler is, how ownership lega and all of that. Yeah. So even I follow this model where I tell all of my all of my hires that 15 days we will work on internship basis, pe, 15 days or one month. And then basis that I'll let you know whether I am going to hire you or not. Yeah. Because then 15 days or one month is good enough time to understand that how hustler is, how driven is, how ideas are giving initiatives and all of that. So that is a model which I have. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've made this mistake a lot. It's a big mistake and rolling back from this mistake takes a lot of pain, energy, yeah. effort. It's not easy to, it's not easy to make bad hires, then get rid of them, then replace them with good yeah. hires. It's a, it's two steps back and then you're catching up. Yeah. It's a big problem, but you know, it's, it's good. And it's a really important insight for anybody that's starting a business. Hiring is really, really critical. I agree. So what's the journey? What's the commercial journey with Kagarpin? Have you raised any funds or are you fully bootstrapped? So as of now, we are fully bootstrapped. It's a six months old company and uh, I might raise capital in the first half of the next year. Mm -hmm. Once we hit like to a good amount of uh, revenue and all. But as of now, I think it's a profitable from day one kind of a business because okay. our customer acquisition cost is zero because of the social media presence that I've built. Mm -hmm. So we don't spend on marketing and we acquire customers only basis my social media and the word of mouth. Yeah. So it's a profitable from day one kind of a model. Uh, I don't really need funds as of now because I can just plow in my reserves and surplus or profits back into the company, which I do, of course. But I might raise capital because I want to get into offline presence also. Mm -hmm. I have realized one thing in the education industry Education can never be completely online or completely offline. It has to be omni-channel. Mm -hmm. The way retail in India is omni-channel. Mm -hmm. We have like people who are just doing online. Also, we have a lot of offline stores, a lot of mm -hmm. malls where people want to go and have that physical experience. Mm -hmm. The way retail is omni-channel in India, I feel even education has to be omni-channel in India. Completely online, you won't get that kind of a network peer-to-peer -peer learning in an online setup. 
in completely offline you won't get that scale mm-hmm. because you you can just reach out to specific set of audience yeah. but all i feel is that i want to develop a program or a course where people can come offline for some courses some programs and then they can attend online for other parts of the mm-hmm. courses which is there so for opening offline centers in multiple cities that is something which i which i'm going to raise capital for mm-hmm. so that's my plan for kegar and uh, that's what i've also realized if you see an academy physics wala upgrad all the edtech unicorns they have started investing in offline centers yeah all the three companies that i mentioned have started focusing more on offline expansion because after covid 19 pandemic there is a serious amount of students who are now saying that we want to go offline and we really want to network and we want that offline experience yeah. we are bored sitting online in front of a laptop for 3 hours every single day and just listening to a faculty etc yeah because i think even in my education experience right the most valuable learning that i got was not sitting watching a lecture listening to somebody it was peer to peer it was you know let's sit let's solve this problem set together let's sit let's try and understand this topic together can you please explain this thing to me i must like yeah. so that's very very important i i think it's a good so move. i'll tell you between test prep versus a non test prep so for example if you want to clear your ca exams for ca market i feel that online completely online can work really good why because i'll tell you सीए के कोचिंग में क्या होता है 150-200 लोग क्लास में हो गए ऑफलाइन में नो वन वांट्स टू नेटवर्क विद ईच अदर एंड द फैकल्टी इज टीचिंग इन फ्रंट ऑफ द क्लास फॉर थ्री आवर्स नॉनस्टॉप एंड पीपल आर लाइक जस्ट सिटिंग इन ऑन द डेस्क सॉल्विंग द असाइनमेंट्स एंड लाइक देयर इज नो प्रैक्टिकल इन्वॉल्वमेंट इन द सीए केस इन द सेंस पीपल आर नॉट डिवाइडेड इनटू ग्रुप्स दे आर नॉट नेटवर्क दे आर नॉट गिवन एक्टिविटीज बिकॉज़ द सीए कोचिंग लाइक स्टूडेंट्स जस्ट वांट टू क्लियर देयर एग्जाम्स सो दैट्स व्हाई इन द सीए मार्केट एवरीवन हैज नाउ शिफ्टेड टू ऑनलाइन नो वन डज इट ऑफलाइन like even the best of the best coaching institute like they want to do it online because people don't want to travel especially in bombay they don't want to travel from andheri to churchgate for a class and again traveling from churchgate to andheri for their offices so mm-hmm. for the ca market online will work very well because you don't require that networking or peer to peer learning however if you want to do an mba if you want a very good overall exposure in terms of personality development i think online to bilkul nahi ho sakta that has to happen offline and mba for a two year program which is dedicated you are not just learning about the content you are meeting new people smart people you are learning from them you are given assignments and case studies you are presenting in front of 400 odd people if you are at an iim ahmedabad and you are then diversifying your portfolio you are meeting like the smartest of the smartest crowds from engineering background doctor like mbbs background finance background science background like you are meeting a lot of new people so mba i feel that kind of a content education that can never be online that has to be offline and people are paying for offline because they want that network building yeah. so the way i divide it is that ca cfa acca all these certification courses they can have online coaching that that is not a problem so at all so i have i have a question here just to try and understand the product portfolio a little bit right like so you have pre pre ca prep and post ca upskilling uh and pre pre certification post certification or is it so we don't uh, teach ca like in the sense that we don't teach how to become a chartered accountant we are teaching them how to get your first job after you become a ca okay. we are teaching them how do you get so in ca there is a concept of articleship which yeah. is internship for 3 yeah. years where you have to work under a chartered accountant we are teaching them how do you what are the skills which are important to get into articleship we are teaching them those soft skills as well as hard skills so okay. all in all i am trying to say is that we are making them job ready so right. we have started with cas but we are teaching them skills like let's say even email writing which is not taught in yeah, the curriculum yeah, yeah. like people you will be surprised there are these people who have qualified their ca they still don't know how to write a proper email i mean when i read those emails i'm like kya kar rahe yaar ye log literally like this is so unprofessional yeah 
if let's say i ask them to make a powerpoint presentation they'll make it with so many text so many words that is not needed in a ppt you need to have three crisp insights three pointers and you need to have talking points on a piece of paper when you are presenting in a management meeting you just need to ensure you can't spend more than 2 minutes on a slide people mm-hmm. write so much text they end up spending 5 to 10 minutes on a slide yeah. now these are some topics or skills which are not taught in any academia curriculum and that's what i want to teach them these skills which will make them job ready yeah. so that is a product offering which we offer at tiger that's really interesting that's a, i think a really really uh, unique unique product proposition right. so what's the ticket size uh, what are the ticket size sure. ranges so we started with the ca career accelerator program which is for ca final students the ticket price here is 25000 plus gst as of now this is the first batch which we have launched and uh, we have that exclusivity factor we don't select anyone and everyone by the way so we have a selection rate of around 20 to 25 percentage and uh, we only screen candidates based on their hustle drive ownership and whether they are hungry to learn so that is something which we have factored in so that is the first product the second product which we have just launched is for ca articles like for anyone who wants to get into articles even big fours or let's say even the big six or the top 10 firms that is priced at 10000 plus gst now we are launching one course for finance for non finance for anyone who is let's say at an iit or engineering 20% of the iitians want to get into private equity venture capital investment banking management consulting and uh, this is also a good market they don't know the basics of accounting they don't even know the finances what is revenue revenue minus cogs is gross margin gross margin minus expenses is net margin profit margin and all of that so pat pbt they don't know anything about these terms so we are launching a 6 months course for them and then helping them get a job in finance okay. so that is something which is under the radar so as of now only two products are live first we started off with rupees 200 rupees 300 master classes for 2 hours we scrapped that model off that was like one of the mistakes i made we didn't used to get serious students all we used to get 400 500 students every batch but the completion rates were very low and we found out that 200 300 ke liye koi wo sochega ki yaar chodo na 200 hi ja raha hai to main nahi khareedunga kya hi fark padega maine khareeda bhi hai to maine live attend bhi nahi kiya to fark nahi padega meko because 200 300 is the amount we then immediately realized that let's pivot from a low ticket size high volume model to a high ticket size low volume model and that is something which has turned out really well for us in the first batch we got 90 applications out of 90 we selected 25 of them in the first batch now in the next batches onwards we are going to increase this 25 number to let's say 40 because the applications will also increase because of the word of mouth but we want exclusivity factor we want this to be the smartest batch of the ca and all these 25 28 30 people will just love to be with each other mm-hmm. so that yeah, is the criteria great network yeah Yeah, so, so I guess offline distribution then becomes yeah, very exactly, critical. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's why I would raise capital for the offline thing, Makes and not sense. for the online thing because online, man, the cost is only Zoom subscription, nothing else. Yeah. Like there is no other cost and faculty cost. That's it. Like which is also not very high. It's like around twenty-five to thirty percent of your revenues, and not more. Yeah. No, but offline. Yeah, but I guess the value add for the product yeah. will really go go berserk when you go yeah. offline. Yeah. Uh, but the cost will also similarly go I up. I agree. Yeah, so that's why I think the ticket size will need, then need to be increased for the offline thing because in offline you have to manage about the food, about the rentals, about the maintenance costs. Like even the Licensing. faculties will need to come yeah. because they have to be offline and all yeah. of that. Yeah. No, very interesting. I think you got a really, really interesting journey ahead of mm-hmm. you, man. Um, Hopefully, I, I really, I truly wish you all the absolute best. Yeah. Um, I think you're doing a really, really great job, and let's connect after this. I, let's see if I can recruit from you guys as of well course, once you yeah. go offline, because yeah. this is a really <laughs> pertinent problem you're solving. Um, right. I guess moving on, you know, we we've talked about your your content creation journey, your startup journey. Um, do you have any advice for people out there that are 
like you, you know, hustlers, people that are that want to take ownership, that are very young, you know, 16, 17, 18. Uh, how should, you know, what, if you were to talk to yourself uh, when you were 16, hmm. what advice would you give yourself? Okay, <laughs> that's an interesting one. Um, one piece of advice which I'd like to give to my 16-year-old self is that uh, don't uh, overthink a lot or maybe don't overstress a lot. I feel that uh, in the last couple of years or maybe after I took a plunge, I used to overthink a lot and I used to be like, Agar ye nahi hua to kya? what if I fail, uh, society kya sochegi and uh, I have been like an academic, like I have had a good success in academic journey in terms of the ranks and all. If I have startup, what will I show Like instead of thinking and wasting your time on these topics, think about how you can achieve what you want. Like in the sense that okay, if you have decided that you have to go to this level, jana hai, instead of thinking that if I haven't gone there, what will I think about that I will go there. And ensure that you are just taking the entire effort just towards focusing that you will go there. Even if you fail and you are not able to reach there, scrap the products, scrap that business model, pivot, come, pivot fast. I think pivoting fast is not bad. Like people think that this startup has pivoted the business model, means it doesn't work. That is not bad at all. In fact, the right way of thinking it is that the founder realized that it doesn't work. The product scrapped it. He's moving on to a better idea now. So he's learning from the mistakes. I feel that if you fail very fast, you will become very good after yeah. a point in time. So that is my advice. Like fail fast, fail quickly so that you don't fail very often once again. Yeah. So that's a quote which I use that you should keep experimenting, keep trying. Don't think what others will think about you. Kabhi na kabhi consistent fly off ho so that is one advice which I'd like to give. So one quote which I'm firm believer of is that you can live with failure, but you cannot live with regret. So not starting up or maybe not doing what you wanted. Iska jo regret rahega na, wo lifetime rahega. But agar tumne start kiya and fail huye, to thik hai, usse tum log jee But with that guilt, with that regret of not starting this, you cannot live with that. Ki yaar, matlab, saal baad, you will be like, shit, man, agar start kar liya hota, to aaj kaha ke kaha hota. You cannot live with that guilt yeah, that or regret. A beautiful saying, you can live with failure, you cannot live with regret. Ex exactly. And I see so many people that are so scared of failure, they don't try anything yep. and not live yep. with regret. So I'll tell you my example again. So my first YouTube video got 200 views in seven days. The last YouTube video got 70,000 views in three days. So this is the journey in the last three years. Now, let me give you a LinkedIn example. First LinkedIn post got around 15,000 or 20,000 impressions because I had posted the CA final rank. The last few LinkedIn posts, posts get around one and a half lakh to two lakh impressions. This is over a period of two years again. The first Instagram reel would have got what? 4,000, 5,000 views. The latest Instagram reels get around one lakh, 50,000, two lakh views on an average. Again, over the last two years of content journey. Now, if I wouldn't have it started, this number would not be increasing. If I People will say about my content, camera, I not start But again, it's because of consistency. I don't want to sound as if I'm flaunting or boasting. All I'm trying to say is that, okay, that consistency will give a reward. No, of course. I think, I think what, what you're making, the point you're making is extremely important. Because the most important thing anybody can do is try. Yeah. And people don't try enough. Exactly. Again, giving example of Sartha Kauja. I just, like, I love that guy and I really like his content. And, I mean, for anyone who wants that business insights knowledge, just like his reels are one of the best in the industry. For the first six months, even more than that, for the first 10 months, he was stuck at 10,000, 15,000 followers. But he used to upload one reel every single day. Every day fixed that one reel doesn't go. Don't care about the views, don't care about anything. If someone likes it, what I'm saying, he would upload it. And that is what helped him today also. 
in the last two months, three months, he shot up from 400,000 followers to 1.6 million followers. Wow. Only in the last three to four months because of the consistent content. And when I talked to him, like he just made a post on this. Like he, kaise first eight months mein he was stuck at 10,000 followers. And in the last four months only, this shot up significantly. Like it really motivates everyone. Like if you be consistent and if you be patient, like things will work out for you. Even Mr. Beast, first 100 million subscribers. Uh, I don't know the exact time, but it took him like a long time to reach there. I think more than five, six years, 100 to, 200, 100 to 200 million subscribers, it took him like only one year to reach from 100 to 200 million. So if you see like the graph is exponential, but this is starting, once you be consistent and once you cover up this graph, going from here to here is not that difficult. Yeah. So zero to 10,000 is very difficult on YouTube. 10,000 to 100,000 is more difficult, uh, sorry, easier than zero to 10,000. And 100,000 to 1 million is easier than 0 to 10,000. Yeah. So 0 to 10, so 0 to 1 journey bolte startup mein, which is the most difficult. That is the same in content also. Yeah. 0 to 10k is like the most difficult. Once you crack that, then 10 to 10 to 100 is relatively easy. 100 to 1 million is relatively easier. Yeah. I uh, I really appreciate that because I'm I'm so so in the content creation yeah. journey, and I really hope that you know we can get a 10k soon of course uh, but you know i am going to take your advice absolutely hard and, of and over here we're going to continue to try and we're going to continue to stay consistent yeah. and we're going to we're going to not worry about failure yeah. um, and i guess i guess on that note uh, I, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast it's been it's been truly incredible to talk to you i've i've really loved the conversation great insight and uh, you know please go follow Kushal. Uh, he's got nice. he's got incredible content and I'm sure as you can you know you've you've reached the end of this podcast it's it's a pleasure to hear him speak he has a lot of wisdom to share um, and thank you so much for coming on the podcast it's Thanks. been really really incredible thank you so much Varun I think the way you asked all the questions were incredible and uh, I think I was able to answer because the questions that you had uh, prepared and had in mind like they were just very good and to the point I hope I could add some value if not a lot at least like one person value if I can add I, I think the goal would be uh, defined for me and I think I would have done justice to this so thank you so much for inviting me once again and uh, can't wait to see you having like uh, millions of followers <laughs> across platforms very soon and I'm sure that you're going to have it in no time thank you thank you